creating the space to hear from those that work with children, young people and families from within our Baptist family and other experts. Joining the dots with Emma Moore and Claire Hooper. Well, welcome to Joining the Dots. It was great last week we heard from Phil Togwell who works for a charity. This week we're hearing from Suze who's been working in the same school for over 17 years. So listening to somebody from a perspective who is working grassroots, working with the children, working with the young people and all of those experiences. I can't wait to, to hear all that she had to say as Claire, you interviewed her and had that conversation with her. What are you? What were your hopes and dreams as you interviewed Suze? Well, I was really excited to be talking with Susan. I, I've known Susan for a very long time. In fact, we went to the same secondary school together. She was prefect and I was the pupil that she had to tell me to be quiet during um, assemblies. So that's how far back we go. And we, we kind of lived together for, for 10 years and we did lots of youth work together. And I've just loved her role in the schools. And so she's like, she's got so much kind of wisdom in terms of this ground knowledge. And she's obviously um, a Christian in the school. And I think that's a really interesting perspective that she kind of brings to that. So hopefully that will come out for, for the listeners because um, I think she's got a lot of gems in there and she really has her ear to the ground and I think is a really important voice to be listening to for our churches to be listening to. I can't wait to hear what she's got to say. And uh, I can just tell from your enthusiasm, Claire, that you really enjoyed this time that you spent with her. Uh, hearing those stories and hearing her wisdom and her experience. Let's listen to her now. Suze, I'm so pleased that you can join us this week on our podcast and I'm really looking forward to hearing all that you've got to say and the insights that you bring because I think you've got a really unique perspective. So can you share with our listeners um, what is it that you do? Where do you work? What's your role? That kind of thing. Yeah, sure. Um, I work in a local secondary school. Um, I've worked there for quite some years now. I think it's 2004, I believe. Um, and I work in the role as pastoral welfare manager. So um, what that means is I work with lots of young people who've got lots going on in their lives. So it could be that they've got um, social care involvement or they could have um, some of their like, mental health support services involved. Um, or we might be making referrals into like social care or to um, CAMS, Child and Adolescent mm. Mental Health Team. Um, or it could be referring for counselling, the life coach, um, or other support that they might need. Wow, there's a real range of support that is available for young people. So it's a secondary school, isn't it, that mm -hmm. you work in? Yeah. So is, do you find that, is it, does it tend to be parents that kind of get in touch with you, or is it a teacher? How, how, who kind of refers to you? How do they get to find you? Yeah, that can be a whole mixture of things. It might be that we pick someone up who's kind of come out of a lesson crying. It could be that uh, parents have got in touch. It could be that teachers um, are, um, particularly form teachers, because um, we did a lot of training when we came back after the lockdown period, we did a lot of training with the tutors in terms of noticing when things are not quite right. So it could be that tutors are referring to us for extra support. So yeah, whole range. I'd say probably parents are more in touch than maybe they have been in the past. Um, maybe that's because yeah children have been at home more of recent yeah. times um, 
Yeah. So that's like, um, it's really interesting that parents are getting a little bit more involved with schools, whereas maybe right in the past it was a bit kind of like, okay, you take the child's in school and it's like they, they don't really know much about what goes on there, but they're much more hands-on maybe in, in that way. So it, would you say that was a trend that you've noticed and are there any other trends that you've kind of seen over that l- long period of time that you've been working in a secondary school? Yeah, I'd say that, yeah, parents are... Um getting involved obviously not all parents <laughs> so there's a whole range of families out there as we know um uh, other trends social media has had a massive impact on uh, young people we work with um i'd say that that definitely has an impact on kind of confidence um certainly we kind of see things that have come in arguments and things that have started at home on social media that then brought into school um relationships uh, uh breakdowns and obviously sexting and things like that that we maybe haven't seen in the uh, days gone by um so yeah lots of different things like that other things that uh over the years um some it's hard to say really because some things are just more kind of have given been given more attention in terms of things like peer on peer abuse and things like that which maybe uh, we don't know whether that was because just underreported previously um and then more recently i guess since covid there's been other trends or th- or things that we've noticed um Certainly with our year seven coming in, I think they've really struggled this year. It's been obviously a really disrupted year in terms of learning. Mm. And uh, the boys in particular, we found that they actually felt quite, felt quite isolated. We as a secondary school had quite a number of feeder schools who we just took one child from. And so kind of... Um, uh, making those relationships and in in fact the depth of relationship that was needed to help with their resilience and things um, meant that they didn't really have that um, and so when we came back we found that we had to do kind of some group work um, and try and build the peer relationships as well as kind of their own skills and uh, um, in terms of how they deal with things oh, that's really fascinating yeah. I can remember um, listening, I think I can't remember. It might be on Radio Four or something like that. Around actually, there's a lot more um, work that schools are doing beyond just educating mm-hmm. um, formal education. There's a much more of the informal education and those softer skills around actually how you, how you do build a friendship, which often well, which in days gone by were the domain of the youth worker. Yeah, very, very true. <laughs> and so it's kind of been, it's happening in the schools now. And how, how yeah. do you see teachers responding to that? Because that's quite a big ask, isn't it? You sign up for one thing and actually it's it's much bigger than just teaching maths. Yeah, sure. Well, I think teachers have got a lot on their plate and certainly with all the bubble closures and things, they've had to work, you know, um, teach the class in front of them as well as making sure work set or um, online things are there for those who are self-isolating at home. Mm. Um, and and also other things like the assessment work in terms of GCSEs and different things. So, um, yeah, they've got lots on their plate. And I guess that's where it may be myself and the support team that we work with have had more of a role. And we have worked quite well. We work with uh, a local church uh, and um, a pioneer minister, um, Savannah, and she's been able to come in and help us uh, support us in some really valuable group work, actually. Um, and so that's been 
just kind of a piece of the jigsaw which has been really important in supporting young people as well as like counselling, mentoring who work with another charity Soulscape and they've offered some mentors that come in um, and uh, they also run some other projects such as one called Real which is kind of looking at relationships um, and what, what makes a healthy relationship um, and so those outside voices and um, people in the community play a really big role I would say um, because teachers have got a limited time to do mm. it because they need to kind of get through the curriculum and do what they're also there to do for yeah so that's really so this whole um podcast is called joining the dots and that's a real kind of key thing that you've kind of brought out there that actually churches individuals within churches um sometimes representing a charity sometimes representing the church going in and whether that's mentoring or doing this small group work mm. um and how crucial or, or how important that is in terms of actually helping the school support its students because we know that cams are over subscribed and yeah, sure. things have to really escalate before they can sometimes be picked up and stuff so churches are able to offer some of that kind of maybe lower level um well-being support which is really i think it's really exciting so can you say a little bit more about um how you've seen that benefit the students what's what's the feedback with the small group work i know in particular has gone well yeah um definitely the young people have fed back that they've found it to be a safe space a place that they feel that they can think um and that they can feel connected to others and all of those things are really hard to do in a daily kind of mm. and certainly in lockdown when you that everybody wasn't in school it was very hard um for young people to feel connected and in some cases parent even though at times t teenagers were allowed to meet up with like one other person or go for the walk and things and parents were kind of very cautious about them going out in some cases and so uh some didn't go out in other cases Let's be honest, some young people like being at home and um, just were quite happy to stay in their room and felt like that security. And so for them, it's been hard going back, but they to so they need support in a slightly different way um, and need opportunities to kind of grow it to feel supported and growing confidence mm. and they haven't had as many opportunities as maybe other years have mm. um, so know. i love that whole thing of being able to create a safe space um within, within school because often just single school being the classrooms and, mm. and that kind of thing so to create those sort of spaces are so precious and can you um sort of say a little bit about how might somebody go about creating that emotionally safe space for a young person that's a good question um yeah so just to answer a preview something else that came into my head we run something called oh, soulscape have helped set up something called the lounge which is basically a space where it's okay not to be okay and that's a, a drop-in type space but in terms of yeah feeling emotionally safe it is just make it's making sure that a young pe person knows that that's a confidential space i think young people generally as go understand that confidence has to be broken if they're, they they're thought to be at risk or in danger but generally um they can say you know think what's on their mind what's worrying and just make sure it's really um young person led mm. so that they are bringing what their worries are to it and as opposed to obviously with the curriculum a lot of the time they're being kind of got very much guided so it's kind of a real valuable opportunity for them to be in kind of control of that um I think you do have to have some things up your sleeve if you if, yeah. to guide them in terms of what might be helpful, um, if not. But uh, 
so yeah making sure they can be feel listened to um and know that they're that person is someone they can trust it does take time to build relationships yeah of but that relational approach is really key I'd say. yeah i just it's just so exciting because i'm really i feel like christians should be quite good at that i mean we're not always generally we do muck up but the whole thing of that sense of actually being person-led not putting our own agenda on them giving them the space listening noticing i mean these are all the things that we see jesus doing and it's just like he's like driven by driven by god but like driven by the like the needs that he sees before him and i just love and he creates that space doesn't he for people to um become more fully themselves and i see that created in those sort of small groups Mm -hmm. where there's a space for young people to explore and to discover things and to think things through so they can become more themselves and who god's created them to be they obviously wouldn't use any of that sort of language (laughs) but like i just i just think that's really wonderful and i think um i just feel it could be sometimes a real opportunity for churches if they've got those sort of people that are really good at that sort of stuff um how they might be a resource for for their schools when there isn't this other agenda kind of thing which sometimes churches um might have now i also know that what another thing that's been really exciting you've been so beautiful in the school because you've really opened up a lot of doors i think for the for the churches in that way because of the way that you've related um so you can that's how you're you i suppose you've expressed your faith in the school in the school how can you say a little bit more about that what is it like being a a christian in the school do you see that as your mission and your 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 ministry i think i've always felt felt called to working with young people and i've always been my kind of mantra has been really wanting young people to fulfill their potential and um i'm quite i've always been very passionate about that um i'd say uh faith wise i don't think it's always been easy i wouldn't say it's uh, a school that's particularly open in terms of uh, christianity um and so sometimes i would say it has just been a bit more hanging in there <laughs> um and uh just uh taking opportunities as they come at, or if some yeah someone's come along um and i've feel that yeah i'm listened to because they trust me as a person and because they know me as a person um and uh so know kind of where i'm coming from and putting Mm. the young people first and uh and so yeah that that works um yeah faith yeah things that do come up though from time to time and there's you know more recently at our school there's been um they had they wanted to create a multi-faith prayer room i don't know if actually i thought we should or i saw it on the curriculum but um that's been taken up this time and so that's been really good because we've been able to um partner with um savannah from the baptist church and um uh creating that space and she's uh worked alongside one of our teachers um who's a muslim teacher um and she, uh they've met with a group of young people from different faiths and um to uh, create it create ideas about how that would look and it's still a work in progress it's not mm. yet yet to be used but the uh, space has been identified and um uh redecorated and and um so we'll wait to see how that works but there's definitely have to be some compromise in terms of faith Um, a lot of the young people some of them came with very definite ideas we need to have some of them said we need to have completely blank walls because we need uh, nothing to distract us some of them said we need things to be stimulating and so we're kind of uh, yeah finding a way through for the young people in terms of working together Mm. 
That's a fascinating piece of work. I really look forward to sort of yeah. seeing how that kind of progresses. And I know that also um, that your school that you're working have hosted um, prayer spaces and, and actually they've evolved over time with their relationship with one of the teachers, um, an RE teacher. And I can remember the request being that actually one space was more inward and reflective and the other space is more outward and what are the organisations that the churches are connecting with like food banks or caring for the environment and so it was much more kind of the justice side of faith and I just thought that was a wonderful development of a prayer mm. prayer space um, but you, obviously you've seen them over a few years now what's your reflection on the prayer space other than it takes an enormous amount of time to set them up and take <laughs> them down <laughs> it does but it is worth it because the young people really appreciate it and you know they have sometimes have an opportunity to um, process emotions that they haven't been able to before. It could be around uh, a, a nan that's died and that they haven't really been able to kind of reflect on what that really has meant to them. And Or it could be um, helping them to understand something which kind of helps them correct, connect, connect with the world uh, in some way but or, or engage with their spiritual uh, mm the spiritual side of them so that's really been positive um and i think yeah i think one of the things the young people struggle with generally is the resilience side of things quite often and we've certainly seen like with the year sevens coming in they have struggled to like resolve conflict situations and things without adult intervention sometimes which perhaps we haven't seen in previous years and um uh and so i think we know that kind of developing that spiritual side of um, young, young people can help with their resilience. Yeah, now I love it. So it's like um, always creating these safe spaces, whether that's through a small group, whether that's through that one-on-one conversation or a prayer space, there's all these opportunities. And, and also we believe that God's part of all of that. And um, I, I love the fact that you've picked up on like, I think that you've noticed for the year sevens and the need for adult intervention, whereas, you know, back in the day, you just saw it out in the playground, yeah, they, yeah. but they haven't quite got those skills and their resilience is maybe a bit lower than what it might be, but how spirituality can be part of an answer towards that. And I, I love it that schools aren't actually scared. They scared of the spiritual word, word. They might not always understand what it means, but it's a word that it can be used. And, and actually it's, it's a bit of a common ground, isn't it? Between the faith world and the secular world or however you want to use yeah. it. And so I just love that we've got these opportunities to find those common words, which we can both kind of share yeah, yeah. Um, in that way, which is, which is great. Now, another thing I was going to chat to you about was, um, around county lines which um we've kind of touched on in, in, in our conversations in the past and it's a yeah really fascinating thing because you um have noticed that actually that has become something that is much more um prevalent in our area within our schools so can you say a little bit more about what county lines is and what what are you noticing in terms of the work that you do with the students yeah so just to say yeah what county lines is it's it's um it's relevant to us because we are on a, a train line out of London. Quite often it's when like the drugs market perhaps is more saturated in London than it was previously. And so um, the dealers are uh, using young people to do the drugs running and coming out on the train line um, to different towns and cities um, uh, in the suburbs. Um, there is something called um, cuckooing um, and that's when... Um, uh, somebody might uh, get together with a single uh, mum um, and uh, use their house as a, a, a 
drugs den basically um and the children then for doing as doing the running so it, it there are lots of young people in our and uh parents in our our communities that are quite vulnerable to this um and uh uh so yeah we have seen there's been a few cases of this um nearby um and yeah it isn't great (laughs) and the thing is it's like um often we might see it in the newspaper but we don't think about it being in our own community and churches i think can sometimes be a bit naive sometimes or just or just don't clock clock that side of things and yet they might be doing toddler groups or they might be doing um, lunch groups or coffee mornings and some of those vulnerable people might be actually they could be in contact with and they could be the group that notices something and so I just think it's really important for churches to be kind of clued up with this and recognize that it's our families it's our young people that are vulnerable to to these kind of things and um, and so again it's just wonderful Mm -hmm. to be able to hear your point of view from from a, a school perspective because you you kind of you see it all don't you yeah, <laughs> in that definitely. way and i think um i think for many different reasons obviously uh covid's been difficult for families and um, family breakdowns relationship breakdowns and and we've had had a had a real rise in referrals we've had to do on on young people coming back into school um and just being honest about kind of yeah what's been going on in in their homes and um oh, I was going with that but uh, <laughs> um yeah really is that hard for you to hear that kind of stuff because actually you refer refer one but I mean it must hurt your heart to hear some of the stuff that the young people are having to face yeah it does yeah and there've been all sorts of things in terms of like eating disorders have been uh, have been higher um self-harm certainly i would say has increased um and to quite a serious level um more extreme cases um boys and girls yeah boys and girls um yeah and that has been quite difficult there's been some real difficult cases and the parents aren't equipped always to deal with it either and so Mm. sometimes it's been um working more with the parents than maybe we have in previous um years um because they want to do the right thing and they just don't really know how to help their yeah always know how to help their teenager yeah and also i can remember even back in the day when i was young but when your friends are going for it how you could be a good friend i mean that's it's quite hard as well isn't it when you're actually we're asking young people to cope with quite a lot in supporting Mm. their friends through through this so there is definitely a need for so much support for them it is a different world it is more complex um and they have to navigate a lot i i feel that is true we're going to run a project for our year sevens coming in this year which will be about kind of looking after themselves and then uh looking after others as well Mm. as part of a community um, and that is just really from Jesus, isn't it? So in terms of kind of uh, caring for your neighbour, um, but yeah, it's just brilliant. But also like the self care things because we've seen so many parents with really difficult mental health issues, which is then means obviously that's a, a risk factor for the young people. So if they can learn how to look after themselves, yeah. then hopefully that will then yeah yeah so I think just educating ourselves around some of this is really important because I think the more awareness we have around it it's it's then not just the school that has that is that safe space but the churches can be that safe space and our community as a whole can be that safe space and we talk about community resilience and and actually how do we respond as a whole and I and I often 
think that actually listening to somebody, being warm in your expression, showing a bit of empathy, these are all skills that we should all be able to do, but how they, those sort of skills are the sort of thing that help build resilience, that help um, children to feel safe and young people to feel safe. And I just think we've all got a part that we can play. So I feel it's like, it could potentially be quite an empowering time where yeah. we might feel so kind of overwhelmed yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in, in that way. Um, I'll see if there's anything more that I, I, I could talk to you for ages, because <laughs> you're just, I just think you're really you're so interesting, <laughs> and uh, you've got such a unique kind of um, perspective. But what would you say? What would your message to churches be in terms of um, what would you want them to know? I think all churches can offer schools something, and the, but that and to act to kind of go with your strengths really and and don't try and be somebody you're not um because having integrity um is most important so our kind of our local community including the charity soulscape offer such a different range so we have um uh people in the church who bake cakes for the staff and means that the staff feel really kind of cared for by the local community we have um, like the Mind the Gap project, which is just really about um, making sure uh, there's a familiar face when the um, pupils are transitioning so that they kind of... So, yeah, it's not like a really in-depth working with young people. And then there's um, the different projects in terms of looking at relationships. There's the mentoring, which has more of a depth of relationship. So if you have like a strength in relating with with young people um, and, and you're good at listening and, and that sort of thing, then you can do that. Um, or you can get more involved in, yeah, the, uh, the faith side of things, which, yeah, uh, other schools do. Uh, so it's kind of a whole range of different things so for churches just to kind of see where their passion is Mm. and where they've got a heart for and go with it really because it's likely that that's where God is oh lovely (laughs) and because I just love it that you're passionate about young people fulfilling their potential and that actually your school is your mission field and that you have been serving faithfully there for so many years and obviously we know that the impact that you'll have had on individual lives a lot of it you won't know because it'll be in the future future kind of thing and um and so just thank you for being that warm empathetic presence uh, and bringing god's light into into your secondary school where you serve so faithfully so thanks Suze, for sharing with us really appreciated it it's been great to talk to you thanks <laughs> I don't know how you found that but um as you know I was really excited um to be hearing from her but what what kind of really stood out for me was like how the importance of bringing kind of that that school perspective um and what we're hearing there how that might inform us as children's youth and families workers how it might inform us as churches what would your take on that be do you think churches are quite up to speed with what's going on or do you think they're a little bit behind Oh, that's a bit of a loaded question, Claire. I Sorry. think I know my answer to that. I think we're very much behind. And I think, you know, as, as we listen to that interview that you, you had with Suze there, I think if we don't get the fact that we now live in a much more complex world than we did 17 years ago with all of the social media and all of the, the complexities that, that now surround our children, young people and families, we have to catch up as churches we, we just have to and I think we have to start asking ourselves some really difficult questions about how we truly engage and are relevant 
and, and know the needs and the experiences of, of those that we work with. So yeah, loaded question, but I completely agree. We are behind and we've got to catch up. I don't know if it came up in the interview. I think it probably did that I, I, I maybe accused in a very nice, gentle way, the church of being a little bit naive in terms of the context of the child and the things that they're wrestling with, the things that they're facing. And um, so yeah, I, I'm with you, Emma. So I, I don't think you were too controversial. I think you're okay. I'm just I'm so conscious, Claire, that when I was working part time in, in church and part time in local community, it was so much easier to have a conversation with a young person in community than it was in church. They were so much more real. They didn't come with this sort of I have to be perfect. You know, they, they, they talked about everyday issues in everyday ways. And, and therefore, you, you had the nitty gritties of life. And I think, you know, what Susie's getting at is that's so important. It's so important to hear the voice of the child of the young person yeah and that, that really stood out for me she was so kind of child-centric and I think sometimes we think of our educational um, establishments our schools or colleges but whatever being so kind of knowledge-based um and actually she very brought a, a much more child-centered approach which I, I was really really wonderful and refreshing to hear and that's, that. what, and that's what the church has to do yeah. if we're not child-centric if we're not person centric if we're not hearing people's reality centric we're missing what god wants to do in their lives so having heard that podcast i wonder what stood out for you you our listeners i wonder what your next step might be and who do you need to hear from so that they can join in with the conversation until next time on Joining the Dots.